0: so all of you rush down uh, to the parking garage, and Irvine is there behind the wheel of the van, and so he turns sees all of you. Where to?
1: Fortune. And I'll give him the address.
0: (laughs) Copy that. And so with that, he immediately, like, with the sound of burning rubber, he peels out of the garage and begins tearing down the street. As you guys are going along, like, you can see that people are walking along the street, like, looking visibly concerned like down, uh, like they're showing the various parts of their bodies to each other. Like one person rolls up his sleeve to show off his forearm to somebody, while another person uh, basically like lifts their shirt up to expose their stomach and show a couple of friends that they're talking to. But it looks like uh, there are a lot of people who saw that broadcast and now have a mark that they didn't have before. But as a few minutes go by, then you find yourself soon enough just outside uh, the club known as Fortune.
1: Alright. Um, as we get closer, Blackmore's just going to say, drop me off around back.
0: And with that, uh, yeah, uh, Irvine just gives a nod in response and immediately like pulls into a side alley before pulling around to the back of the building.
1: Alright. Um, so yeah, Blackmore is going to try and come through the back. Uh-huh. Uh, anybody who wants to try a different route or come, well, anybody who wants to come with him can. Uh, otherwise, right. it's very obvious Blackmore is just going to attempt to storm this place. I mean, you Tony, don't just going to go with you. Mm-hmm. No sense in splitting up at this point.
0: Yeah, power okay. could cut any second. Might
1: as well stick together.
0: All right, so all of you, uh, head up, going up the stair, going through the back up the stairs. Um, as you do so, actually, um, security that seems to have been like working the day shift just uh while the place is being you know just managed and getting ready for the night ahead a couple of security members uh, come up to you and so what's going on here you can't be uh you can't be in here wait until business hours are yeah so they're trying Animal to pull up his badge london pd uh they uh hold their hands up and immediately back away from you
1: official business uh you're not in any sort of trouble but you'd best
0: clear out Uh, They just nod hurriedly and uh, turn around and make their way towards the front of the club with a very hurried pace. And you all go up to, um, yeah, like, you go up a flight of stairs to the second floor... Going along, like, a back hallway, um, you see that there are a number of doors. You open them up one by one, revealing things like a bathroom in one. uh, Then another one seems to be, like, um, almost like a dressing room for performers or something. Then finally there's one at the very end. uh, The door appears to be locked.
1: Uh, All right. Well, Blackmore is just going to phase through the
0: door. (laughs) Okay. You phase through the door. And immediately, Blackmore, you see that the room is in tatters. Like drawers have been pulled out, uh, items have been tossed everywhere. Like it's built like an upscale bedroom, basically. And all of the sheets on the bed have been like tossed to one side. The corner, uh, the curtains have been ripped. Actually, one of the curtains is burned, visibly. A mirror on the other side of the room is shattered with claw marks going down the side, and you hear gurgling noises coming from the other side of the bed.
1: All right, Uh, I walk around to the other side of the bed. While he's walking, the door is just effortlessly wrenched from its hinges.
0: Yeah, so there is a screech of metal as, Adam, you just put your shoulder into it and, yeah, blast through the door. And you go around to the other side of the bed franklin and lying on the ground in a pool of congealing blood with their throat ripped almost completely open is titus sweeney eyes wide skin deathly pale jesus all right um... all right
1: um well there's not really much i can do but Blackmore is going to at least attempt to try and stem the bleeding somewhat.
0: Roll me. Um. Do you have like first aid?
1: I do have first aid.
0: Okay. Roll me that.
1: Ooh. Uh. That is a twenty-two altogether. Oh, sorry, twenty-three.
0: You rip the bed sheets off the bed and put them on the guy's neck, staunching as much of the blood as possible. Um. He's just basically reaches up and uh, grabs your wrist, Franklin, and he, and he just whispers, "Stop him." You have to stop him.
1: Conserve your strength.
0: He, no time. And he like his eyes are wide and pleading, Franklin. He made a deal with the devil.
1: He made Where? a deal with the evil.
0: Where? I don't know. But he's made it he made a last resort to get it to stay on top even if it means selling the rest of humanity off the river.
1: Yeah, like, I'm assuming at this point there's not really, like, even the bedsheet. there's not really much I can do against what is effectively an open neck wound.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, his eyes are flickering, and he just says, Look. Get
1: everyone out of the UK. We're all... We're all
0: and his breathing is slowing as his fingers are going limp even as they're ri- around your wrist franklin and his hand just drops to the floor as he lets out one final breath of air all
1: right blackmore is going to wipe what probably the blood off of his hands yeah um with what's whatever's clean part of the bed sheet. um hmm. I guess the only other thing that he can kind of do is take a look around and see if there's anything that was left behind.
0: Um, you look around. Um, you see that... Yeah, for everybody who's in here, roll an investigation check. Okie dokie. Quincy got a 15.
1: Uh, Uh, me too. I got 12. Uh.
0: Eight okay, with a 15, Quincy and Adam. The two of you are looking around. Like, um, are you guys going to use any super senses that you have to uh look around the area? Uh, yeah, sure. I have night vision, super smell, I use vibration sense. Okay, as you guys are walking around, um, Quincy, you feel with your 15 and your uh tremor sense, there is a hollow space. Behind um, one, actually underneath your feet, like, there is a space that's irregular in the floorboards. You guys lift up, um, shag carpeting soaked through with uh, Titus's blood, revealing, like, a trap door there. You open it up, and there is a safe underneath.
2: Right. Um, We'll open it, I guess. Okay. How? Um uh, I hate I it agree Tony. <laughs> I ha- no, I have an idea
1: just in case it's tra- like, you know, like one of those oh, weird yeah. safes where some shit will happen. I'm going to use my uh empathic recall ability. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. Yeah, that okay. hasn't it.
0: Has, has it <laughs> so, um
1: I'm going to see if I can't like determine what the combination is based off of some like um uh, what do they call that again when you see like the memories of an object?
0: Yeah. Um... psychometry, psychometry. Roll me an empathy check.
1: Okay. Uh, empathy. Uh, That is a 21.
0: Okay. You are getting flickers. You see Finn McCarthy um, going down the hallway. like From his viewpoint, his vision is lilting from side to side as the world in front of you is blurring. Flash forward and you hear the voice of a woman. uh, Come on, when are we going to join the party already? And you hear him just respond. Don't worry, I'll, I'll be with you in a sec, darling. And so with that, uh, then it flashes to him, pulling the, cur- the carpet back, lifting up the floorboards. A flash. He is dialing in the numbers for the safe, opening up another flash, and there are a bunch of things inside, like a couple burner phones, stacks of cash, and a uh, nugget of raw cocaine that uh, the last one he uh, takes out right as the vision cuts out.
1: Mm. Alright, so Blackmore kind of like feels the safe for a second and then just inputs the combination he saw.
0: Okay, you <unraveling> hear the numbers click, 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 click. And then it clicks and you open it up. You all look inside. It is... The safe inside is immaculate. Um, everything is almost exactly as it was in your vision, Franklin. Like, there is actually... There's jewelry in there. Um, stacks of unmarked, unprocessed bills... Uh, passports for various countries, it looks like, under various names. Um, yeah, uh, brick, one of cocaine, one of heroin. But honestly, what's chilling is the fact that this safe is untouched. Despite the fact you had Finn McCarthy on the run last night, and somebody on the run would Like, there is so much stuff in here. Somebody on the run would take this with him.
2: So either he's dead, or he doesn't think he needs to run anywhere. Well, I think whatever deal
1: that... Yeah, so Blackmore's just going to say, so whatever deal that McCarthy made with the Smiley Face Killers probably made them a bit less likely to fall for uh, human trappings, and he kicks the door of the safe. He was always a bit of a pompous prick. Yes. So all we've got to go on, then, is the clock tower. And even then, I'd be hesitant to trust that information.
0: Damn it. Actually, for everybody here, if you want to, you can either spend a fate point or roll 1d20 and add your intelligence modifier to remember something. I'll just spend the point. Okay. So, Quincy, you're thinking everything over, and for some reason, your thoughts linger for a moment on your old friend that you made seemingly so long ago, Silas. And how when you guys were leaving Myth Town after the attack, he told you that when you had some time, you can go speak to him because there was something he needed to talk to you about.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, sure, when you're gonna do that then. Uh, he'll just say, uh, I remembered." that uh... A contact said he could talk to me about this. He might know something about what's about to happen. At this, Blackmore perks up and says, who? Uh, do you remember Silas,
1: the tailor? How could I forget him?
0: And all of you remember what, um... What Creedy told you, that he... what Silas was one of his contacts in investigating the Smiley Face Killer... And that Silas had been one of the Smiley Face Killers lieutenants a long time ago.
1: Right. That was relevant. That Yeah, so when this Blackboard like, finally connects those dots, or at least has time to now finally connect those dots, and uh, yeah, pretty much makes his way out of the club and um, hails down for Irving.
0: Okay, so you head back out uh, to the back of the club, and Irvine, the van, is still there. You hail him, and the engine immediately roars to life. Cut to 20 minutes later. You guys have pulled up outside of Mythtown and are making your way through the streets. All of the myths there are visibly worried, like murmuring to each other and stuff like that. You see that a uh, number of them, like... Um, it is, like, Mythtown has always been bustling full of life and merriment and cheer but now it is it's like a ghost of its former self and you see that uh jack is actually coming out of a building running his hands through his hair with connor uh close behind him and the two of them are talking to each other in a low tone
1: well whatever it is unless he wants to hail us down uh blackboard is still going to just head towards Silas. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, as you continue forward, Jack notices you and uh, hails you down. Hey, so, uh, I'll take it you saw the uh, newscast earlier.
1: Unfortunately, we saw
0: enough. Uh, uh, Wait, did any of you happen to hear, you know, the name?
3: Uh, Tony will once again raise his hand.
0: Uh, Well, um... That's okay. That's you. Yeah. Um, Connor here, he got lucky. He clapped his hands over his ears, but me and he, yeah, Jack just, uh, just sucks air in through his teeth. Uh, I won't say anything. Don't worry. But look, um, letting you know that a lot of folks are panicked. They don't know what's going to be going on later tonight, but, uh, they're trying to keep their, well, they're hoping to stay low to the ground.
1: Yeah, keep the lights on, batten down the hatches, that sort of thing.
0: Right. What about the rest of you? What brings you
2: here? We need to talk to
0: Silas. Okay. Uh, want me to come with? Um, if you're interested. Well, I mean, I don't really have much else to do right now, so might as well. So, uh, yeah, and that, at that, Connor nods. and Yeah, I figure we're deep enough at this point. No sense in backing out now. So with that, um, you four plus Jack and Connor begin making your way over to Silas's uh, tailor shop. And you head down, and entering in through his door, you see that he is behind his front counter. And despite the fact that this tailor shop is so full of vibrancy and color and life, normally it just feels empty, as Silas is standing behind the counter... A small doll in his hands, as one almost despondent finger stroke at a time, he is repairing a hole in her dress. And he looks up and sees all of you. Well, I am glad that you decided to take me up on my offer. It's not too late. Not yet.
2: So then... What do you know? I, I, Quincy says, nice to see you, and shakes his hand.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, he shakes your hand as well, Quincy. Always a creature of habit. Huh. I suppose many of us are. What I know. Well, that is either a very long story or a very short one. But I imagine time is of the essence. <sighs> a long time ago, I did meet the one you know of as the Smiley Face Killer in the realm of myths. And even in that realm, myths were divided into light and dark. And I did find myself on the side of darkness. And many of us who felt the same way congregated in that little circle of his with the killer himself at our center. Like many of the others, I enjoyed it for a time before we found ourselves in this world on earth. And an offer was made to any of the dark myths living here. Because we had found ourselves in a world so removed from our own, all the old actions, all the old allegiances, they were to be swept aside. Anybody who wished to make themselves an ally of, well, what you know to be myth town and good myths in general, they could have their sins overlooked their crimes absolved and they could have a new life here but despite that because of my allegiances and my actions i was rightfully regarded with mistrust and suspicion so i was placed under a number of conditions that i could not leave myth town that i was to remain within its boundaries at all times and that i would have no further contact with the smiley face killer all of which i agreed to since then, I have worked as a custodian of sorts, ensuring that myths from outside of Mythtown could not enter in here through various illegal means, and to keep an eye on that comings and goings. And I have been working with your friend, or employer, or superior, I should say, Creedy. Because even though even though I've been kept under lock and key, I wanted to make sure the smiley face killer could be taken down. My advice, uh, my knowledge of the killer, the Myth Town Council did not wish to hear it because they believed that I could feed them false information. None of them trusted me, not so long as the smiley face killer remains alive. Creedy, however, was open to it. So I formed an allegiance with him and Holly. I've been providing him with what information I know about the killer, and I have been trying to guide you all as well without telling you too much, for the same reasons that Creedy kept it secret from you.
2: That's quite a lot hmm. to lay on at once. Um, what then? Can you tell? What can you tell us about the smiley face killer then? If
0: I can this... tell you, I can tell you two things, which would no doubt be of use to all of you. His origins and a hint of his possible plan. All bogeymen originate out of a nightmare. A horrific experience that scars a person's mind forever. A moment of true terror and loss. I believe that he came from... The nightmare of a young girl, in fact. Her name, as I understand it, was Isabel Miller, and she did not have a very good life. Without getting into details, she lived in a very run-down home with a very troubled and cantankerous father and she and her mother and her younger sibling a brother i believe they lived in fear of him and every night before bed she would sing a lullaby to her brother to let him know that everything would be okay i believe it was you know it as the sun will come out tomorrow i am telling you this because every boogeyman has a weakness it is related to the person that formed the boogeyman and in the same way that a moment of pure terror created them it is what help kept, helped to keep the terror at bay that would help with their weakness if you were to present the smiley face killer with this song there is a chance that he may be weakened
2: that's good to know it's... so just play the song then
0: sing it make a recording of it or something similar it will help i believe and now that i've told you that there's the matter of his plan you have an idea of what it is ge- given the broadcast earlier he feels as though myths like himself who are incapable of living amongst humans ...miss that literally were are required to feed on humans in order to survive... ...that they have been given a raw deal, so to speak... ...and that they must either perish... ...or take what they believe is theirs and rule over humans in order to survive. So, to ensure that no one would ever sleep comfortably in London again... ...he had a number of ideas... A single event of mass hysteria and terror that would etch itself into the minds of all who experienced it for the rest of their lives. He mentioned a name. Have you ever heard of Tirvosar? Uh,
2: have we heard of that? I honestly don't remember. don't think we have.
0: No. And... There aren't too many who know of Tirvosar among humans anyway, but it's simple. Really. It's almost elegant in its simplicity. Tyrvosar is a dragon. A storm dragon, to be precise. And I'm guessing that the smiley face killer did something to them to make them very, very mad. Judging by the hurricane that's currently coming towards London.
2: Are we worried, perhaps, that this dragon is not simply angry, but is working with the Smiley Face Killer?
0: I doubt it. Um, There are... Dragons are prideful creatures in and of themselves. And Tyrvosar has been a particularly prideful example. Living in Norway, sleeping there for the most part since myths first came to this land. But I'm guessing that... Uh, yes, I believe that the the killer did something to make them very, very upset. Upset enough to go after the smiley face killer if it meant tearing apart everything in its path. Could we perhaps intercept
2: this being? Intercept? No.
0: Find the smiley face killer before it arrives here and figure out what the killer took or what it did. That is the best chance for success.
1: Alright, so Blackmore, who has been listening patiently, but just kind of, like, you know, very much on edge, says, And you wouldn't happen to have any idea where he could be. We know where he's going to be, but that's not going to help us in the intermediate time.
0: Unfortunately not. Um, the killer is capable of moving faster than the eye can follow, and he has many, many hiding holes. Places where he likes to stay. Um, any places that he liked to stay before... Again, I have not met with him ever since we came to this world, to Earth. If he has places he likes to hide, I know not where they are. Really, this was his plan. I can tell you a little bit about what he's done so far to make sense of it. He began the blackouts to begin instilling a sense of fear and trepidation to make people uneasy. That's sort of how... Your horror films work. You don't introduce the villain right away. You build up a sense of unease. Have the villain in the background before you reveal them. And then, during this time, he began playing two sides against each other Myth Town and the McCarthy family. Remember the first blackout that occurred? Who was the victim that night?
2: Spring Meadow. Uh, not Spring Meadow. It was the. It was. It was Holly. It. Holly. Yeah,
0: that I was guess. it. Winter Holly, a member... Or a close member of the Myth Town Council and one of the handmaidens of Iris, by far the least likely to trust humans. Fast forward a week. And the McCarthy family is killed in an attempt that made it look like dryads or somebody who manipulated plants could do it. So what is the media going to think?
2: Miss ben.
0: Yes. And then... Uh, fast forward another week to the third blackout, and the McCarthy family strikes back at Myth Town in vengeance for what had been done previously. That, combined with the fact that the myths were being captured, meant that Myth Town would—it was all but certain that Myth Town would strike back at them in turn. With this, the Smiley Face Killer was taking the two most powerful forces in London and playing them against each other to ensure that they would be too distracted to go after him. And to ensure that this would continue his plan, he planted 10 Tam talar in the McCarthy family to ensure that they would guide Finn McCarthy along this path. And then in the meantime, he would also have his lieutenants doing other things as well. They would uh, be doing actions of their own to... Weaken various forces in London, get them ready for what is to come. Because his other lieutenants, including the Gasha Dokuro, the Avatar of Domination, they are all representative of myths that cannot belong in the civilized world that you know it as. And they they had myths under their control as well. The Gashadokuro having a variety of undead who are sworn to its cause. But with your defeat of the Gashadokuro, well, I dare say that we haven't seen any undead then or since.
1: What about the other ones? The Hill Giants, the Harpies?
0: Those I can tell you about. The Hill Giants and the Harpies are they represent the beasts of the world, the ones that prey upon creatures whether myths or humans, and they have been under the thrall of the one known as the hunter, an ancient and powerful myth that dates back to prehistoric times. One of the first concepts of predation that was experienced by early Neanderthals that evolved into Homo sapiens. As for the other myth, that one is the plague is the most recent example of a myth being freshly created. They are representative of pollution, corruption, of things that have gotten into the airways and the vents of the world. Uh, The ones that you saw, I believe it was the second blackout, such as the Plague Rats and the Corruptors. Those are the servants of the Plague. And if I'm not mistaken, I haven't... Uh, through what I have gathered, through information, you have taken down three lieutenants so far, including the Graveyard, the uh, the Noble, and the Master. But the Hunter and the Plague are still out there. And no doubt, later tonight, when you try to find the Smiley-Face Killer, those two will be in your path.
1: But we still have no idea where he could be, and that, at least not until it's too late... It does reinforce what Talar told us about the clock tower. If he's looking to try and coax a storm dragon into raising London, doing so either from there or the London Eye could possibly work. But those are both within each other's... uh, Those are both within striking distance of each other.
0: Across the river from each other, yes. I'm sure that you have more time to prepare to do any last-minute preparations, but I'm not sure what else we can do. And as there's a moment of silence you hear a voice from behind you guys i have an idea and you turn around and connor has spoken up there's one last thing that i think we could do something that i've been working towards for some time that i think might give us an edge see When I came to London to learn more about myths and stuff, and I found that community, you know, the one that we went to with uh, the giant there, Viv, and everybody else and stuff, Mm -hmm. they told me about something. Like, it's a ritual. A way to give somebody an incredible amount of strength. A ritual that was meant to be performed between an equal amount of myths and humans. It's something called a true pact. Any of you ever heard of anything like this before?
1: Nope. I shake my head.
0: Okay, so you know. Has pact. Tony heard about this? Um, a true pact. Um, yeah. It myths have spoken about it before. A true pact is something that, like, basically, it's kind of like an unbreakable vow. Um, you know that it's only talked about. The what it is exactly is uncertain. Uh, among myths, there are many rumors, hearsay, things like that, but, uh, yeah, Connor's expression is, well, firm as he continues. So you all know what pacts are, how they are agreements between a human and a myth to, you know, agree to it, terms and conditions. The human helps the myth out, and in return, the myth grants the human some of their powers, right? Yeah. Well, a true pact is an expression of pure trust between a human and a myth a true pact is when both sides agree to assisting the other one no matter what in sickness or in basically regardless of conditions regardless of danger or perils or anything else the two of them will always look after the other one no matter what and what was talked about between me and Viv and Cal, the avatar of justice back at the community, this was a ritual designed for multiple true pacts to occur for the sake of protecting the United Kingdom.
2: Um, This idea is interesting, but do we feel like there is enough unity right now? Especially with... (sighs) Frequency size, what is the... what has been happening?
0: Honestly, it's not about whether myths and humans in London as a whole feel unified about this. It all depends on the people involved in this pact, the individuals themselves, and how much they trust each other. But how how many people? Any amount. The more the better. I didn't want... Well, we agreed this ritual takes a lot of time and effort to put together. And one of the reasons that i became the man in black was to try and find other people who i could trust for this sort of thing so that if anything bad enough happened to london that we could all come together and protect it and over time i found a couple people and he kind of looks around at all of you who have proven time and time again that they care more about the protection of london than anything else and are willing to protect both humans and myths with an equal level of uh devotion if we do this it would take a couple hours to go out there a bit of time to complete the ritual but if we did this both people or both parties involved in the pact become way way stronger as a result of this the myths become powerful enough that they could be considered, like, the next class up. If a class one myth did this ritual, they would be promoted to class two. Class three could go up to maybe class four. Class fours could be on the border between class four and five. And the humans, they would also receive a boost to all of their abilities as well.
2: Um, I have a question actually. Does, how does Connor know about the class system? It's not like a thing we...
0: Um, a- it's, a uh, like, class systems, it's, like, a general concept that's been floating around. Like, a lot of people have been using them to classify the strength level of myths and stuff. It's not uh, limited solely to the police department. Oh, okay. I uh, learned about this through, uh, ritual through my studies and by talking to the myths. It would be risky. Because, I mean, I'm not sure if it'll work or not. It has only ever been attempted once before, several hundred years ago, when during a very dark period in the United Kingdom, myths and humans came together to make this pact. And they basically put a lot on the line to see if they could become strong enough to protect the United Kingdom. You know these people as the Knights of the Round.
1: I figured they were true with everything that goes on, but this is a bit— but mo- well, this is a new piece of information.
2: Well, um, if we think it'll help, we—but you said it would take a large amount of time, and we do not have that much time.
0: Um, It would take a—I mean, they have been spending time setting up the ritual. It has been ready for a long time now. It would take a bit of time to drive out there and then to do the ritual itself. Um, But given the time period we're working with, this is now or never. Maybe you'll have some time to do some other preparations before tonight. Maybe you could try to investigate, ferret out wherever the smiley face killer is hiding. But if we want a good chance to gather not only ourselves, but maybe other people that we found as well, myth user, pack users who can be trusted, this might be one of our best shots. Because it's not just the smiley face killer and his lieutenants, but all the other myths that they've convinced to come under their banner.
2: Well, if it will help, I I guess, uh, Blackmore, you can continue your investigation and we can do the ritual.
1: Oh... I'd like that. I really would want to find him, but... With Talar a dead end, and McCarthy in the wind, everyone else, and everyone else reasonably, clammed up. I doubt they'd be able to give us much information to find him. Rather, there is one thing that I feel I could take care of. Beyond that, I think I'm better off coming with you to the village. The thing I can set up can be done over the phone.
2: Uh, Well, um, fair enough. Perhaps we should get moving then if we don't have much time.
1: Right. So with that, um, Blackmore is going to give uh, Genevieve Helms a call, actually. Okay. As I'm, like, piling into the van to head out to that village.
0: um, I will say that as you're heading out of Mythtown, you you uh, pull up Genevieve Helms' phone number. And you actually, yeah, go onto the line with her. Hmm. Miss Helms? Yes. Uh, hello, Inspector Blackmore.
1: Uh, This is a rather um, pressing issue, but I'm wondering if you might be able to help us with the um, Scotland Yard with an
0: investigation. Well, these are pressing times, so whatever I can do to help, I owe you. You know that. Yes. How much of the old
1: siren system is still uh, active around the area of Big Ben? I know we did that uh, Remembrance Day celebration about a year ago. How many of those are still in operation?
0: Um, I can get a few electricians on hand, get it up and running soon enough.
1: Why? We might have to deal with something. If you could do Uh. that, that'd be great, and have them on standby to turn on when I... And have them on standby to be turned on at a specific time. That would probably help our investigation greatly. Understood. I can do that. Oh, one more thing. Look up the siren so that rather than the air raid siren, they play The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow by... Uh, from the musical Annie. All right. Do I need to know? Let's just say that if this works, it makes our job a lot easier for the next 24 hours. Well, just
0: <laughs> I'm, uh, I owe you Blackmore, so, I mean, it could be a patriotic, stirring song meant to inspire ho- hope in the hearts of men, women, and myths alike. But if we want to go with a song from Annie, better that than a hard knock life...
1: Quite. Just make sure to have it so that it can be activated uh, uh, activated remotely. I'll be contacting you when I need
0: that to happen. All right. Godspeed, blackmore
1: Thanks, Miss Helms.
0: Appreciate it. Anytime. And she hangs up. All right. So, um, before you head out, Connor says to all of you, uh, w- yeah, basically, you stepped outside to make this call. Uh, everybody has remained inside the tailor's shop. And Connor says, before we head out to the village you can spend some time doing whatever you need to around here in london uh any last minute preparations pacts you want to make or things you need to investigate people you need to talk to before anything happens i suggest uh i suggest you take this opportunity
1: Warning, this is a point of no return. A save before this point is recommended. After nice. this point, several cutscenes will play in sequence.
0: There you go, you little jerk. Okay, so, um... I'm sorry, it was right there! It was right I know, there! I know, I know, I know. He's the so, birthday boy, you can't be bad at it's him. Me, it's the birthday boy! It's the little mm. birthday boy. <laughs> <laughs> You get one, Harry! <laughs> so, um... I will say that any of the myths that are still in the custody of Scotland Yard, if you want to make a pact with any of them, now will be a good time to do so. What The myths that have also been added to your inventory include the ones from the Blackout a few nights ago, the Hill Giant, the Three Harpies, and the Swarm Queen as well. Not only those, but also uh, from last night... There are many of the bestial myths that you basically captured and took into your custody, like the Chimera, because, you know, you can't really set that thing loose in Myth Town. But also, Ten Tam Talar is in custody, as well as the Avatar of Domination. But, of course, if you're not interested in making a pact with those two, that's completely understandable. Yep. That said... Not not interested. Anybody else Um... who you've encountered who you know of during this entire campaign, who you'd like to talk to. Any other preparations? Tony, if you want to do any last-minute inventions, now's the time.
3: Um, so, what does Tony know, like, I think for general inventions we're pretty much good with the Master Ball. Um, like, but, is there anything Tony might know about, I don't know, getting rid of a dragon?
0: Uh you could always go with a sword
2: like i I mean just craft up an excalibur john easy peasy you know oh i mean (laughs) i've been trying to avoid doing that chris
3: you sure you want to tell me to make a weapon you're you're really sure you want to do this chris (laughs)
0: if you want if you want something that can be used against a dragon it's up to you
2: I got my ogre slain. I got plus three
3: against ogres. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, Chris. I'm. I mean, if you are sure this is a thing you want me to to, to is, make as as
0: a invention, I don't. Want. I don't. I have never said that I want you to make this. I am saying it is an option. You could do something else, maybe like um an amulet that protects against lightning damage because this is a storm dragon.
2: Okay. It, yeah. You. You should make like a lightning rod that just attracts electricity.
3: I don't think there's a rule in the of Masterminds to make that. Unfortunately,
2: uh, make an object that has uh, the, def- the that deflect that only that like deflects other people's attacks at range, yeah. but <sighs> only for electricity.
3: I mean, yeah, I guess I could technically do that. Magical lightning rod. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. That's that's better than me breaking the combat system. Let's do that. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, I so wanted Excalibur two, the anti material rifle. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is my gun that shoots swords. <laughs> Just a fucking breech loaded,
3: like, okay, I'm gonna slide the blade in and then <laughs> pop it up and then start firing. Great
1: it's swords 10 out feet of it. long because you, like, break the barrel open and slide this Y hander in and then
0: yeah. crack it back. No weapon forged by the hands of man can slay me. Wait what the fuck is that
1: <laughs> cyclops made motherfucker <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so um all right so tony um uh, make me an appropriate role for the design of the blueprint so i i
3: i, I need to figure out how how i'm gonna yeah. build this like but like i i i'm good chris but i'm not like five seconds good okay uh, okay hey everyone thanks for listening You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com